It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. God, that is our declaration on this another Sunday, that with all of the things that you've allowed us to experience, life, health, strength, family, friends, jobs, none of that compares to you. We love you more than anything. So Holy Spirit, would you continue to be our teacher and our comforter and our guide we really need you and so Holy Spirit we acknowledge your presence for those who are tuning in with us in whatever way in which they're connecting we thank you for them we do not take them for granted they have choices and for whatever reason you've led them to be a part of this experience and we are humbled and God we pray that we would respect their time and honor the fact that you brought them in our community. Lead us into a closer relationship with you. That's our prayer in the name that's above all others. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? He's worthy. He's worthy. He is a good God. Amen. We thank God so much for our worship team. And let me just say, they don't just uh, get up here and just start singing. They rehearse, they pray, they prepare. And uh, we're just so grateful for the excellence and the way in which they lead us. And we, we honor the Lord for their gifts. Uh, I, with very, very heavy heart, share with you all today. And, and it's so interesting, you all. People um, have asked me, uh, you know, in your congregation, Pastor, has COVID uh, impacted your membership? Have you lost anyone to COVID? And I would be so grateful to say, uh, not directly, we haven't really had any uh, of our membership that we know of that have uh, passed away because of COVID. And this is non-COVID related, but I, I want to share with you all, uh, regretfully, the passing of Don Horger. Um, many of you who are members of Citadel for any length of time know that Don uh, has been with us for many years. <clears throat> And um, it's a very difficult thing sometimes, you all, as a pastor, to try to navigate being just a human being as well as someone who got tasked to encourage and to lead the people. But I'm really broken today. without going into a lot of detail because I want to honor her and I want to respect her family. I prayed about it and I even asked the Lord, I said, would you, would you let Dawn know, can I do this? And, if, if, and I know that Dawn would tell Jesus, no, he can't do that. I know she wouldn't have any problem telling him no. But I got a green light. And so I got to pull out of the series today because uh, Dawn, for a greater portion of her life, <clears throat> struggled with life. And uh, this past year, Two of our members 
reached out to me <clears throat> in the middle of struggling for their life. I'm not going to, again, I want to respect people, but one of them called me as he had slit his wrist. And he said, you're just my last call. I'm going to bleed out before you preach. The grace of God got him, and he's still with us. <laughs> but there's some people that just, they don't make it. <laughs> and so I just want to talk today, because church can be so irrelevant. We can try to shout and pray out stuff that is deeper than a prayer. We can just tell somebody God will fix it. And sometimes God doesn't fix it. So I need you all to pray for me. Would y'all do that? Because <laughs> I need, to, need the strength of God in these next few moments. So if you have your Bibles if you'd open them with me to uh, 3 John. 3 John. Oh, God, I love you. 3 John. Um, and 3 John only really has one chapter. And I'm reading from the King James Version, verse 2. 3 John, chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Behold, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. I want to kind of focus on the latter part of that second verse. It says, pray that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. I want to talk from the subject soul prosperity or prosperity of the soul. So as John is sharing these words from God, he says, I wish for you above anything else I could wish, and I echo his sentiment, more than your financial well-being, more than your relational well-being, more than your situational well-being. I, I wish above all things, he said, and I echo these words, that you prosper and you be healthy. But he then says something that's so important because it gives us an understanding of how to make that happen. Listen, anybody can say, I want you to be well, but then how do I get well? Uh, anybody can say, you know, I wish you God's speed or I wish you God's best. But the question is, how do I get there? He says, I wish above all things that you prosper and you be in health. But then he says, even as your soul prospers, uh, uh, he, he directly connects the prosperity of our lives with the prosperity of our soul. In other words, he says, as your soul, and I think the NIV says, as your soul is getting along well, then your life will get along well. That's why that song was such a blessing. What a hymn of the church that has carried people through the ages that no matter my lot, no matter what is happening around me, uh, it's I, life has taught me to say it's well with my soul. Can I tell you something? When it's well with your soul, it's well with your life. And when a person's soul is not right, their life is often not right. So let me give you all a working definition for the word prosperity. Prosperity means the condition of being successful or thriving, all right? A definition from Merriam-Webster of prosperity is the condition of being successful or thriving. You all, I don't know anybody in their right mind who doesn't want to be successful. I don't know anybody in their right mind who doesn't want to just survive, but instead to thrive. But you all, I believe that there's a direct relationship between the success in your life the thriving in your life, the prosperity in your life, to the condition of your soul, all right? So we need to understand then, what is the soul, Pastor? If God wants my soul to prosper so that my life will prosper, then 
what is my soul? I'm glad you asked. You're asking some great questions uh, this morning. If you turn to the book of beginning, Genesis, the book of Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And listen, I encourage y'all to write this down. I also encourage you to get ready to share this message with people in your life and in your world who you know are struggling with emotional illness, with mental illness, with depression, etc., because we're going to deal with this today. Uh, so Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So you know the story of creation, how God created everything that exists. And as he created man, he did something quite different in the, in the creating of man than he did with animals and plant life. Uh, man was the only one that God breathed his ruah or his life force into. And the moment that God formed man of the dust and then breathed his breath and breathed his life and breathed his essence into man, man became a living soul. Man is the only part of creation that possesses a soul. Are you following me? The soul is the very image of God. God says man was made in the image of God, in the likeness of God. We're not just talking about, obviously, our physical being or makeup. We're not sure. No man has seen God and lived. However, we're talking about the essence of who God is. Man became a living soul. And let me just say this to all of you all who think you evolved from a monkey or came out of some primordial swamp. Uh, when you believe that that is your origin, that you came from animals, then you start acting like animals. Are you following me? I ain't nothing but the dog in me. Yippee-yo, yippee -yay. You know, that, that comes from a mindset that I'm nothing but an animal. You are not an animal. You were made in the image and the likeness of God. And so when God breathed into man, man became a living soul, all right? So God, by definition, is God in three persons, right? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So being a God who is a triune God, a God who is uh, embody, embodying the Trinity, when he breathed into us, watch this now, he also breathed a tripart uh, entity into our existence. So when he created our soul, the soul also, just like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the soul has three parts that comprise it, all right? So I need y'all to write this down and remember this because this is very important. Uh, the soul has three parts. It has the mind, that is our thinking. It has the emotions, that is our feelings, right? It has the will, and that is our decision-making. The graphic is right there on your screen. The soul uh, comprises the mind, which is the way that you think, plus your emotions, the way that you feel, and our ability to choose and have will, and that is our decision-making. So watch this now. Right thinking, right feelings, and right decision-making make a right soul. A successful person has learned, you all, how to think right, how to feel right, and how to make good decisions. Are you following what I'm saying? So he said, I wish above all things that your life would get better. And let me just say this now. You can't just say you want your life to get better and then not take the necessary steps for your life to get better. You can't just say, you know what? I, I, in 2021, I want to go better. I want to see my life better. I want to be uh, more healthy. I want to be whatever the, the goal is. Well, you can't just do that by just wishing it. You've got to realize there's some things you have to work on and some components of who you are that need to be rethought. All right, so how is your mind? How is your thinking? What are your feelings like? And how are the decisions that you're making and what kind of decisions that you're making? You all, during the pandemic, during COVID, a nation that has already struggled greatly with mental illness has found itself at even higher levels of this. Now, you all, the, the statistics that I'm going to share with you actually came from the latter part of last year. So these statistics are a lot greater now than they were when the Center of Disease Control actually uh, did this. I think we have another graphic to put on the screen for you. So uh, during late June, 40% of U.S. adults reported this, struggling with mental health or substance ab abuse. So 31% uh, of the people that were surveyed said that they struggle with either anxiety or depression. 
26% of the population said that they are dealing with or responding or recovering from trauma or stressor-related disorder symptoms, all right? And listen, y'all, trauma can have a whole lot of reasons. A person can go through a loss and experience trauma. A person can go through a divorce and experience trauma. A person can lose a job and experience trauma. Trauma uh, is an equal opportunity employer. Uh, trauma, you all, visits all of us. Uh, another percentage is 13% uh, of the population in America, and this is just, again, last year, uh, they started or increased substance abuse. You all, do you know that during the pandemic, the sale of alcohol has gone through the roof? Some of y'all are probably sipping right now watching me. The devil is alive. I know. I mean, yeah, you are. You just, you know, go ahead, pastor. You know, so people who are drinking, people that are uh, using drugs uh, to cope, right? This is, again, uh, a decision, a will, uh, a, a way of responding that will cause your life to continue to get worse. People, 13% of the population has shown an increase in substance uh, use. Finally, you all, 11%, and this is again last year, indicated that they seriously considered suicide. So you all, let me just say that because of isolation and because of the, uh, the coronavirus, people are not around each other. There's been little connection. There's been little relationships. Children who've been in very uh, toxic environments at home are now trapped at home and not able to go to school. And sometimes even nutrition affects the way in which people are able to battle some of these things. And so you all, during these times, there has been a great increase in people struggling with mental issues, with emotional issues. And let me just say this as we dive into the answers today. The church has been so silent and the church has been so negligent in dealing with the subject of mental health. Amen. Yes, it has. Listen, let me just say this, you all. I grew up in the Baptist church, and I had kind of a Pentecostal background, a Baptocostal background, so it was a hybrid between Baptist and Pentecostal. And so whenever there was a problem with somebody, there was always a, a demon connected to it. There was always a demon. It was always a spirit. So if you look at your old suit-wearing spirit, you know, uh, it was always a demon associated with something. No matter what was going on in your life, you could say, you, listen, I'm struggling with depression. Oh, we come, oh, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. We come against that spirit. And then they would put oil on your head and pray that the spirit of depression would leave you. Now, listen, I do not minimize the power of prayer. As a matter of fact, I know some anointed prayer warriors that can put some oil on you and some demons will leave. So I'm not saying that that cannot happen. However, you all, there are some things in your life that prayer is not the only answer to. There's some issues that you're facing that going to church is not the only answer for your issue. Some of you, listen, listen, some of y'all need medication. And let me just say this to you all who have who, who've been told by your doctor that you're supposed to take meds, but you now have gotten in faith with Jesus and you say, I'm not going to take my meds. We know when you're not taking your meds. I just want you to know, we know when you've got off your meds. How many, don't look at me like that tone of voice. How many of y'all know some people in your world and you know that they have not taken their meds today? Because all of a sudden they're acting a little sideways. You all, and listen, there's no indictment. You all know me well enough to know I'm not judging nobody. However, you all, sometimes, listen, listen, I wear glasses. There's no lack of faith in me because, listen, I believe God for complete healing. I believe God for complete wholeness. I want to walk in the healing of God. I don't want there to be any sickness nor disease that comes nigh my dwelling. And I walked into the optometrist's place and I said, in the name of Jesus, by his stripes, I am healed. And they said, all right, now put your eyes up on this little thing and look at that chart. I said, E. You know, that's the first one is E. <laughs> And I couldn't read the rest of it. Bottom line is that I needed corrective lenses to correct vision that was a little off. And there's nothing demonic about me wearing glasses because my vision that was off has been corrected by something that God has allowed to be in the earth to enable me to see when I couldn't see without it. And God has enabled there to be some medication for some of us who may have issues chemically in your body. And there's no evil to that. There's nothing wrong when there's a chemical imbalance or you're bipolar. There's nothing wrong with that. But the church has put such a stigma on people that deal with mental and emotional illness that can't nobody talk about it. And that's why we're losing people. 
But in the name of Jesus, I come against every demonic spirit that has sent an assignment to every household to take people out of here. You shall live and not die and declare the work of the Lord. But it's got to be a process. So not everybody is dealing with deep levels of maybe chemical imbalances. Some of y'all have dealt with trauma. And trauma that has not been properly worked through will end up resulting in coping mechanisms to deal with your trauma. Come on now. And what's so bad about the coping mechanisms that deal with your trauma is that the coping mechanisms start producing their own levels of trauma because of the guilt of now being connected to the coping mechanism to deal with your trauma. Okay, so let me explain what I'm saying since y'all looking at me in that tone of voice at home. You are dealing with somebody who you gave your life to. And they broke your heart. Just broke your heart. And so now the only way you can deal with that is smoking weed. Or drinking. And you just say to yourself, oh, I'm not an alcoholic. I just drink, you know, a few times, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And the bottom line is this. Every time you look at how much money, how much time has been lost, how you've not been present for your children, directly connected to the coping mechanisms, which is connected to unresolved trauma. So listen to me well now. Some of you all are having bad interactions with your spouses, bad reactions with your children, bad reactions with God, because there's some stuff that has happened to you that you've not dealt with. Are you following what I'm saying to you? And let me just tell you this now. There are doctors for the mind. <laughs> oh, I know you don't want to hear this. I know you want to hear this, especially black people. Let me tell you something. I was at a church uh, in Chicago, Willow Creek, Willow Creek Church. It's, it's an honest, true story. Every time this church had people pick me up from the airport, these were pastors who would pick me up from the airport in Chicago and take me out to my hotel, and they would all say, hey, Harvey, how you doing? I'm, like, I'm good, man. What's going on? He said, I'm good. Just got through it. I'm meeting with my therapist. And now listen, I grew up, I'm black, been black a long time. And every white person that was picking me up had always, always met with a therapist. I said, man, they whole church is crazy. The whole staff is, is out of their mind. Then the senior pastor got up on the stage, 25,000 member church, and he began to talk about his session with his therapist. And I asked myself the question, when was the last time I heard a black pastor talk about his therapist? As a matter of fact, when was the last time I heard a black person talk about their therapist? Let me tell you why we don't talk about it, because we think that Jesus, he will fix it. And he will sometimes do a therapist. <laughs> listen, you all, you don't have no, listen, I dare you to have cancer. You're going to go to the hospital, you're going to get all kind of treatment to get cancer dealt with. And there's no shame associated with your treatment. If you can go to get cancer treatment to deal with cancer in your body, then you can also get some psychological treatment to deal with the trauma that's in your life. Now, let me just say this. When you meet with me, I got a threshold. I'll talk to you about the Bible. I'll read with you, pray with you. But I know about three quarters way through, it's time for you to meet a doctor. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying to you? Now, let me just share with you all how bad uh, mental an emotional illness is as it relates even to our nation. Because it's not considered an essential health-related service, you can't even get insurance to deal with it. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? And so those of you that are hearing this message and are saying, you know what, you're right, Pastor. I've experienced trauma. I've experienced some things in my life, and I really do need to get some counseling, and I really do need to get some therapy. Uh, your insurance company may not pay for that. Yes. Let me tell you one thing that we need to start doing. It's talking to your senators, talking to your representatives, and speaking to Congress to let them know that the reason that these schools are getting shot up and people are doing crazy stuff is because they've not had the kind of mental care that they needed early on, and it needs to be under the umbrella of insurance. Are you hearing me? 
Send an email, send a letter, do what you need to do. But there are other things that are out there, you all, even if you cannot go through the regular means for insurance. And somebody shouted out, because here in Detroit, we just opened up and launched, you all, Celebrate Recovery. And it's an opportunity for those of you that are broken and hurting to not walk into a meeting feeling like you're going to be shamed out, but be able to come broken, come hurting, and find others that have gone on the journey and found deliverance and found help with some tools so don't you dare say I don't have a way out well pastor okay I get it I get it I get it so would you give me some Bible pastor because I came to hear church I mean if I want to hear if I want to hear something about psychological stuff I would watch Dr. Phil uh, I thought I was watching a church service because you give me the Bible I need to hear the Bible pastor all right let's hear the Bible turn to 2nd Corinthians I'm almost done believe it or not 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 hallelujah Verse 16 through 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Listen, you all, we're all getting older. (laughs) All right? We're all wasting away. I don't care how much, you know, keto and uh, whatever, whatever stuff you're doing wonderful and it's good to take care of the temple but can I tell you something I don't care how much you take care of this temple you're getting older and and no one thing the outwardly person is wasting away but yet he says inwardly listen even though I'm getting older chronologically he says listen though every day I'm being renewed well how are you being renewed Paul he says for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. First of all, he says that what you're dealing with right now, listen, you all, is momentary, and he calls it a light affliction. Now, I know you don't think it's light. I know you don't think it's momentary. But can I tell you something? If you keep on living... If you keep on moving, if you keep around, God will bring you out of it, but you cannot be brought out of it if you die in it. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. He says, listen, the the weight of what God is doing in you is greater than what you see coming against you. The weight of what the the glory that God is developing and revealing in you is greater than the trouble that you're dealing with. You are, I believe with all my heart, and I've been the one who's been through a lot of stuff, that the trouble that I'm dealt with is directly commensurate with the glory that I'm bound to have. God does not put on me something that I cannot handle. Now, I know some of y'all say, oh, don't you say that kind of crap because you don't know what I'm going through. And I don't. And I'm not minimizing it. And I'm not saying it's not difficult. But can I tell you something? Ain't nothing worse than a day of Jesus. Jesus died, y'all, the hope of the world, the hope of glory in the ground. But the Bible says three days later, he got up from that grave and he says the same resurrection power that is in me, I placed it in you. So even though your situation seems dead, the resurrection power of God is in you. And I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know which way you are going to get up and you're going to live. You better hear what I'm saying to you. And for some of us, hallelujah, he lets your situation get so impossible and so dead that when everybody sees you get up, they know that there's got to be a God somewhere because nobody could have got out of that unless God was with them. No, some of y'all, he ain't going to let you get sick. He's going to let it die. Some of y'all, he's not going to let it look hopeless. He's going to let it be in the ground. Some of y'all, it's not going to look a little difficult. It's going to be buried in the earth. So that three days later. (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm telling y'all something now. I'm not just talking empty talk. The resurrection power of God is in you. And God did not raise his son from the dead that your situation would stay dead. 
So, pastor, he says, watch this now, last, verse 18. So, here's the answer. Here's an answer biblically of a way to let your soul begin to prosper. We fix our eyes not on what we see. You cannot continue to focus on what you see that's not right. Because the more you put your attention and your mind and your focus on what is not right and what is not, you know, what you see, you will start thinking that that is the final answer. Are you feeling what I'm saying to you? You got to be careful of what you're putting your mind on. Here's the thing. Uh, can I tell you something? I've been a pastor for a long time. I'm not going to let people drive me crazy. No, you're not going to drive me crazy. I love you. I will hug you, kiss you. I'll do all, well, not in COVID. I'll kiss you from a distance. But can I tell you something? I'm not going to ever fix my eyes on crazy. What is my worrying about something that I cannot change going to achieve? He says, fix not your eyes on what is seen. Instead, watch this now. This is, this, this, is where, this is where the spirit comes in. This is where the faith comes in. He says, instead, watch this now. Fix your spiritual eyes on what is unseen. Now, wait a minute, Paul. I, how in the world can I fix my eyes on something I can't see? Because as Christians, we're called to not walk by sight, but walk by faith. And faith means to see when you can't see. <laughs> Anybody can rejoice. Anybody can praise and celebrate when they see it. But a person of faith can be in the midst of a situation and it don't seem like it will ever work out and you're still praising and you're still shouting and you're still dancing and you're still giving God glory because you chose to look at what was not seen. <laughs> oh, you better see yourself. You better see yourself the way God sees you. You better see yourself in a wealthy place for the glory of God. You better see yourself out of that bed walking around in health. You better see yourself delivered of your issue. I may not be able to look like it yet. You might be thinking that I'm all washed up. You may have preached my funeral all but in three days, baby. <laughs> mm. Fix your eyes on what you can't see. You better hear me now. Get them out your ear. Stop picking up the phone and having folk call you with bad news and negativity. Ain't that thing right? I'm not talking to you today. I got somewhere to go. I can't be around nobody that ain't got faith. Okay, so. Focus on what's not seen. Well, why would I focus on not what's seen, Paul? Watch this now. <laughs> because what is seen, this is Bible, is temporary. <laughs> God says, what you looking at? is temporary now watch this now the way that it becomes more permanent is how much you fix on it the reason that your temporary has has not become temporary and become more permanent is because instead of fixing your eyes on the unseen you're fixing it on the scene and your temporary has become you yeah i do <laughs> Here you better hear what I'm saying. God is saying to you that your bills are not you. Your relationships are not you. Your doctor's prognosis is not you. What God says about you, that's you. 
<laughs> but what is unseen, eternal. He says, what you see, temporary. What you can't see, eternal. So if you're going to figure out what you're going to spend your time on, decide, will I spend it on the temporary stuff that's going to change? Or will I spend it on the eternal stuff that cannot and will not change? So pastor, give me three things that I can do practically to help my soul prosper. I'm glad you asked. Number one, you need to increase what you know. Increase your knowledge base. Listen, you all, some of us are the product of the people and the environments that you subjected yourself to. People who don't have vision, people that don't have a mind to, do, to break out of patterns, you have started to hang with people that are not you. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you never fit in. Even as a child, you never fit in. And you wondered why can't I ever be like the people that are around me? Can I tell you something? Chickens, they gather together, but eagles flock alone. There's a reason that you ain't got nobody around you because the vision is too big to be around a bunch of chickens that can never achieve the wingspan of an eagle. Who are you around? And what are you learning? Somebody says, well, Pastor, I ain't got no access to stuff. And I ain't got no computer. And I ain't been to school. And and they, my man left me, and I got these five kids, and I ain't got no money, and I, I don't know how to read that good. I can't, I can't, I can't. I was in college, and my mother sent me to school. I didn't have any money one year to buy books. And I remember I got into class, and the class was history. I will never forget this. And they said, well, uh, your financial aid is, aid is run out, and... The registrar said, you know, you've been registered for the class. And I said to myself, I ain't got money. But I said, wait a minute, the class is history. That means that history ain't changed. So I can go to the secondhand bookstore and get some books. And I went and got the cheapest books that they had in the secondhand bookstore and got an A in the class because, watch this now, I was not going to allow finances stop to stop me from accessing the thing that I needed to learn to become successful in that class. You cannot allow your circumstances to short circuit you from going around the corner. Some of y'all know how to rig stuff. Don't, don't look at me like that. You know how to rig stuff. Oh, I'm going to go to my auntie because I got a favor to cash in. I'm going to go around the street and figure this out and I'm going to borrow your computer on Thursday between two and four. I'm going to get on Khan Academy and learn how to get a degree on my phone. There are people in Africa that are getting degrees on their smartphones. Don't you tell me you can't do it. Watch this now. So when you know better, you do better. He says, the soul is how you think. And for some of y'all, you'll never be prosperous because you haven't changed how you think. And the only way you can change how you think is to expand your ability to think. Let me just say this. <laughs> you don't need him to keep beating you to pay your DTE bill. Let me just help you out, sister. If you think that the God of the universe who died and sent his son to redeem you cannot pay your DTE bill, that you need to have that Negro beating up on you and sleeping around with all of Detroit so that you can just be able to pay your D. You don't think God is big enough to pay your DTE bill? You better start thinking better so you can start doing better. You're better than being a prostitute for your DTE bill. 
you got you to gotta figure out who you'll sleep with this week so you can pay your T-Mobile bill. Are you serious? You got to figure out who you're going to give yourself to so you can pay your water bill. The maker of heaven and earth is your God, and God shall supply all your need. And I'd rather sit in the dark than to give myself to somebody who don't love me. Number two. Somebody said one was enough. Increase your knowledge base. Let me just say one thing. Multicultural is not just me wanting to just be around white and Asian people and Latina people. It's because I know what black people normally do. I need to expand my knowledge base beyond black people. I need to expand how I see the world beyond the people that look like me. And the reason that we have no civility in America is because all of our circles are the same people. And the church ought to be a reflection of what heaven is going to be like. And it ain't going to be a black, it ain't going to be a white, Republican, nor Democrat heaven. Every tribe and tongue and kindred will worship around the throne. So this should be a sneak preview of coming attractions. So number two, find rhythms of Sabbath and soul rest and restorative practices. Listen, find rhythms of Sabbath. God made a commandment, not a request. He said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Some of y'all don't know nothing about folk in the South. But long before modern church, folk didn't do no work on Sunday. There wasn't no ironing and no cooking and no cleaning. They did all that on Saturday. Because when Sunday came, wasn't nobody doing nothing but worshiping God. But now we just got to do the lawn and wash the car. We don't even know what Sabbath is anymore. Now for some of us, it's not practical. Your job schedule, I get it. We're not under the law. Please, I'm not trying to be legalistic, but hear me. What day of the week and what time block is yours? What day of the week have you carved? Listen, you may not be able to carve out a whole day, but practically, is there two hours? I met one of our leaders in the store, one of our, one of our leaders, and I asked him, I said, bruh, what's your Sabbath? He said, pastor, I don't have one. He was being honest. And I leaned back in him. I said, next time I see you, bro, you tell your family that the pastor said <laughs> that you need a Sabbath. Because let me say this to you. You will never change your situation. You will never become successful. You will never thrive. You will never be prosperous if your soul is not prospering in the way of Sabbath. Can I tell you why, um, I'm almost done. Can y'all work with me a little bit? Can I tell you one reason that, that black folk don't get delivered a lot in church? Because we don't like quiet. Watch this, watch this. White churches, they'll have moments of reflection. They'll be like, and now, a moment of contemplation. And the rich, successful people become even more rich and more successful by even learning the rhythm of Sabbath inside of Sabbath. But black folk, hey, shout it out, shout it out, shout it out, hey. You know why? 
Because the louder I shout, the more I don't need to deal with my addiction. The, lo- the louder I shout, I ain't got to deal with being beat up at the house. The longer I shout, I ain't got to deal with the fact that I ain't got no money and I'm broke. Be still and know that I am God. You ain't God. Shut up somewhere. Sit down and be quiet. What does that look like, Pastor? Time off. We just stacking days. Some of y'all, I got 28 days. I got, I got 500 days, six days. And we so listen, and we live with such a scarcity and fear mentality that we feel like if we cash in them days, they're gonna end up thinking we are getting over on them. Time off. Exercise. Your diet has a lot to do with your mental and emotional state. You done ate a whole big old thing of Popeyes, whole tub of chicken, washed it down with some Pepsi. Carb on top of carb on top of carb. And you get some veggies, they better be fried. (laughs) Don't look at me. You know I'm telling the truth. Can you fry that? Can you fry that okra? <laughs> oh yeah, it's some butter. It's some lard. Exercise. And listen, I ain't saying do nothing, nothing crazy. Just walk. Hey, here's the, here's the thing. Make it a combo meal. Make your Sabbath a walk. You know, just see outside. Wow. Exercise, diet, music. Listen, young people, whether you know, if you listen to my playlist, you'd be amazed at the, at the plethora of music that I enjoy. And that's why I believe God has called me to lead a multicultural church because I authentically have a multicultural taste as relates to art. But you can't listen 24 7 to hit him, hit him. I mean, you just can't listen to like, like hardcore rap as relaxing music. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all music is on 10 and it's not really contemplative music. It's not really soothing. It's not really restorative. And a lot of times it's really not God centered. And so sometimes you're opening your spirit to demonic forces because when you listen and watch art, you let your guards down and you open up your gate to allow things in because you no longer have a defense up. So your eye gate and your ear gate connect with your soul. And you wonder why sometimes you're troubled at night and you can't really rest because you brought a spirit in through a song and you brought a spirit in through a movie or video that now is resurfacing in your life. So finding rhythms of Sabbath and soul rest and restorative practices. Monday is my Sabbath. I ain't talking to nobody. I don't care who it is. I don't care. I mean, my family sometimes have a hard time. It's just, I'm just not talking to nobody. You know why? Because the spiritual work of a pastor, for me, is spiritual work. And I'm fighting, whether you know it or not, I'm fighting demons over you. I lay on my face and I intercede and I, and I say to God, every demonic spirit that's been sent against any Citadel member, I come against it in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood over you. I pray in the spirit over you. I war in the spirit for your success. But when Monday come, when Monday comes... Oh, yeah. When Monday comes, all my troubles are gone because that's my Sabbath. All right. Last thing. Third, 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 third. So when you when you change how you think, you start making more informed decisions. Right. You make your decisions are now informed and not just knee jerk. Secondly, when you have dealt with things to control how you feel and your emotions, And and you know what? Don't give people power over you. Don't give people power to make you mad. You know what I'm saying? People can get on your nerves, but let me tell you something. 
I don't give people power to control my day. What you say to me is your opinion, and I'm so sad that you feel that way, but that's not going to control how I go through my day. I'm not going to let your demonic spirit of witchcraft masked in control now determine how I live my day because you decided to speak death to me in the morning. (laughs) Some of y'all have allowed people to control your day by their words. And so you all finding systems of Sabbath and rest help you to have emotional stability. Your feelings get in order, right? Lastly, your will. That's the last thing. The soul, your mind, your emotions, and your will. We are the only part of God's creation that he gave choice to. Um, An animal doesn't have a choice. Um, We have a dog. Uh, We just got a little dog, a golden doodle. My daughter got a golden doodle. Beautiful, I mean, beautiful dog, smart dog. Listen, the dog rings the bell to go to the bathroom. Do you hear me? I mean, she just goes to the door and just rings it and sits there and rings it again. I mean, that's like a, that's a dog, right? But can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Let us have any food. And let, I don't care what she's doing. I don't care who she's holding. I don't care who's holding her. I don't care what kind of toy we playing with. Let her smell chicken. She is sitting and she's looking. She's, not, she's like a tree. I shall not be moved. You know why? Because she doesn't even have a... And sometimes she'll have to go to the bathroom because she just rang the bell. But she got to choose between peeing and chicken. And chicken always rules out because these animals are food-centered. And those have dogs. You know this the truth. So you all, the bottom line is this. You're not a dog. And you have the power of choice and the power of free will. So you got to make thorough and thought out decisions and realize this. There are others that are in the same situation. You ain't in this by yourself. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. But he don't know what I'm dealing with. It ain't new. So if you know that somebody else is dealing with what you dealt with and somebody else is dealing with what you're dealing with, you you have a company of comfort with other people in the world who are dealing with loss, dealing with depression, dealing with the the, the loss of a family member, the loss of a job. Listen, there are others that are hurting as well. There are others in the same situation. Also, you all, when you you make thorough, thought-out, database-informed decisions, it causes you to be able... to to pull the trigger on some decisions that sometimes your emotion and your way of thinking will cause you to not step out and make a leap of faith. When a person expands how they think and how they feel, sometimes, you all, they can break out of the trajectory of poverty because now they are thinking bigger And they can make a step in a direction that they've never made before because they built all those systems in place for them to be able to do it. Are you following what I'm saying? For some people, they die in poverty like their mama and their grandmama and their auntie. Because everybody in your world is broke. If winning the lottery is your only way out of poverty, that says a lot. When you're putting prayer on your ticket. Oh, God, in the name of the, the ticket, can't even read the letters. It's oil all on the ticket because that's the only way to get out. No, it's not the only way to get out because inside of you is an idea that'll make you a million. Inside of you is an idea that will change the nation. Inside of you is a God-ordained vision that only you can execute. But you will not make that move when your thinking is not changed and your life is consumed with emotions that create fear. Last thing, Proverbs chapter 15, and I'm done. Does this make any sense today? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what something I know. And let me just say this to you, Satan, publicly. You know... You may think that when you take people or you cause people to do stuff that you win, all you do is make Christians really mad. 
and people that know God for real, um, we, we, we don't take kindly to you doing things to our friends. <laughs> so for those of us that are Christians, when the enemy comes at us the wrong way, we don't just lay down and start crying. We fortify and start fighting bigger. So you might want to rethink sometimes, Satan, when you start trying to do certain things because it sometimes will backfire on you and you get your feelings hurt. Uh, Proverbs 15 and 22. Let me just read this. Hear this well. Because this goes also with who, who you're around. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. You all, you got to ask yourself, for me to make the right decisions, what counsel is around me? Who is speaking into me and saying, hey, you know what? I believe what you're saying, but practically, you need to cancel this debt first. I, I believe what you're saying. I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you, but the first thing you need to do, you need to really get rid of him. Or you need to get rid of her. You need to get rid of that. Watch this now. Because sometimes God can't take you higher when, when, you, when the height is higher than your character to sustain it. And for some of us, God can't take you into his wealthy place with all of your mess. So while you're thinking that God is keeping you from your destiny, he's not keeping you from your destiny. He's just working on your dust. And as he works on your dust and your dust is mitigated, then you're able to move into your destiny without having all the drama connected to your dust. And so for some of y'all, you think that God has not honored your prayers or heard your prayers. He's heard them, but he wants to make sure that you have the right counsel. Who's telling you the truth? Who's telling you you can't sing? <laughs> Who's telling you you can't preach yet? Have y'all ever been around a, a, a pastor or somebody preaching who can't preach? Oh, my God. I hope that's not me. If it's me, I'm sorry. But, but, but imagine, you know, you're sitting there and everybody knows that they can't preach. And they're going for hour two. And you want to get, get a noose. <laughs> it's just too much. Or somebody... Who says, uh, y'all pardon my voice, uh, I got a song to sing. And you're like, who's going to tell them this is not your spot? This ain't the sweet spot for you. This ain't your gift. It's not an indictment on you, but who's going to tell you the truth? Who's going to speak the truth in love? So you all, you got to have the right counsel to be able to make the right decisions. And you all, when we do these three things, Increase your knowledge base, find rhythms of Sabbath and restorative practices, and make thought-out decisions that are informed with godly counsel. The Bible says, just as your soul prospers, so also will you. For those of you that are struggling with depression today, for those of you that are battling with emotional illness, mental illness maybe, let me just tell you, it's no judgment. As a pastor, I can tell you that I struggle with depression the greater part of my life. I've tried to take my life. And I say that because I need to let you know that the enemy tried to rob me of even talking about it. What folk going to help? People going to leave your church? Oh, he crazy. No, I don't care what people think. God has brought me out by his grace. But it didn't come easy. It came with therapy. It came with counseling. It came with me coming clean about how I felt emotionally and what I was doing to cope. And I know, I know some of you are watching. That's you. You got, you got a drink close by because that's how you've been handling the pandemic. Your house is smelling like a marijuana factory because that's how you're dealing with it. Ain't no judgment. I'm just telling you that's what's up. Somebody's in the other room. You don't even know his middle name. And in the middle of all of this, you're wondering, how will my life ever get better? Because God loved you so much. He gave you this message today. And Don, 
Thank you. In this church, Don got baptized. When I first met Don, I'm done. She said to me, I said, I'm going to pray for you. She said, don't you pray for me. She was against God in a lot of ways. And she literally would tell me, I don't want you to pray for me and I don't want you to touch me. And I, I said, all right. But I was praying. <laughs> Don recommitted and gave a life to Christ, got baptized in this church, sang in our choir, evangelized, but still struggled. You can be a worship person and still struggle. You can be a pastor, you can be a minister and struggle. You can be a parent and struggle. And some of y'all hanging on just for your kids, honestly. If it weren't for them, you would have checked out a long time ago. But I came to tell you Jesus loves you. And would you make a decision today to say to God, God, just the way that you raised Jesus up, would you raise me up? I look not at what I'm seeing because there's so much to see, but I look at what I can't see. I look at what you said. And I trust that more than what I see. I trust that what I don't see is greater than what I see. And in that decision, your life, I promise you, I promise you, your life will begin to change. So heads about, eyes are closed, wherever you are. God, we love you, we honor you, we bless you. I know today was an emotional day for me, God, and I, I don't make apologies for being human. But God, I pray a specific prayer right now for my brother, my sister who's watching. Maybe someone will share this with a loved one and share this with someone else beyond just our community of faith. And there may be somebody who's watching who doesn't know anything about church or God or anything. But God, I pray right now that you would let them know that their emotional state is not bigger than you. What they're struggling and dealing with, God, is not something that they should walk around with shame connected to it. But Jesus, you came to set the captives free. And Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I speak to the brother who is still contemplating leaving here. And I say to you, demonic spirit, loose him and let him go. In the name of Jesus, spirit of hopelessness, spirit, that is against God we come against you now and God I thank you that your word says you've given us everything that pertains to life and godliness so my brother God in addition to having your hands stay the enemy you've also given him what it takes to do some things change some circles of friends change the way he thinks getting the help that he may need for my sister who's bearing the weight of the world and nobody knows how tired she is because she can't tell people she's tired. Who do you go to? Who do you tell that? Because they're tired too. Nobody wants to hear about how tired I am. They're tired. But God, I pray that you would increase strength because they that wait upon you, God, you said in your word, God, they will renew their strength. Run like eagles and run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. Oh God, would you impart to my sister right now supernatural strength for the journey. Deliver her, God, in the name of Jesus. And so God, we thank you today for those, God, who are beginning the journey and entering in the journey in a new way. God, we're in this together. They're not alone. We, the church of Jesus Christ, together, we walk arm in arm, hand in hand, broken, but moving. Wounded healers. And for the person who has never accepted you, would they do so now? One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? 
The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot org that simply spells C I T A D E L of Faith dot org all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us, and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.